It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube, which is important because sometimes we do live episodes. You never want to miss a live episode, so make sure to subscribe to the channel. And if you ever do, unfortunately, miss one of our live streams, you can always check out the podcast over on all the traditional podcasting networks where we put all of our normal non-live stream podcasts, either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, all of those podcasting platforms and more out there. Just make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Locked on Panthers. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions to participate next week. Just at me at Julian Council, DM me at Julian Council, or leave a comment on any of the YouTube shows Monday through Thursday of next week. Just make sure to put... Friday mailbag and your actual name so that I can get to your question next Friday. So without further ado, let's get into another edition of the weekly Friday mailbag here on Memorial Day weekend, starting off with Mitch, who sees similarities between this Carolina Panthers team and the Seahawks team from a decade ago that Scott Fitter was a part of in that front office up there in Seattle in the PNW. He says, hey, Julian, hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well as well. Mitch, he says, the similarities between this upcoming 22 Panthers team and the 12 Seahawks team are wild. He has eight of them. Number one, four losing record seasons prior leading up to said season. Two, a decent offensive line. The 12 Seahawks are ranked 20th at the end of the year, according to Pro Football Focus. I think 20th is the floor for our O-line this year. Hopefully, hopefully they're a lot better than that. And then he says, three, a dominant running back in Marshawn Lynch. The only difference, of course, is CMC's health lately. But CMC, when healthy, is obviously a fantastic running back. And God, I love Marshawn. Uh, four, Richard Sherman in his second year. He has J.C. Horn as that. Earl Thomas in his third year. He has Jeremy Chin at safety on his third year. Bobby Wagner his rookie year. Brandon Smith, the rookie out of Penn State, the linebacker there. He has him as the Bobby Wagner type. And in uh, seventh, a rookie quarterback draft in the third round. Russell Wilson, Matt Corral. And in eight, Pete Carroll in his third year as a head coach, Matt Rule. And he goes on and asks, is it crazy to think we could have a similar season to the 2012 Seahawks making the playoffs and even winning a playoff game? It's certainly obviously in the realm of possibility, man. You look at the NFC, especially in the NFC South, outside of Tampa, who probably is going to win the division again. You can look at all the teams. Atlanta, you would think the Panthers have a great opportunity if you know they have their ish together to sweep the Falcons this year. The Falcons have a, a worse roster, in my opinion. The quarterback situation there is not better than the Carolina Panthers. And second-year head coach in Arthur Smith, we'll see what he's able to do. No Calvin Ridley this season. The Panthers should be able to take care of the Falcons. And – New Orleans, I think, still has a slightly better roster. We'll see what happens with Jameis at the quarterback position. Got Dennis Allen now as their head coach. So New Orleans will be a tough foul. But if you can split with the Falcon or split with the Saints, then you're looking at going three and three in the division, depending upon obviously how they do against Tampa Bay. And outside of that, yes, you have to play the AFC North and the AFC or the NFC West, which would be tough. But the NFC as a whole is just not as strong, at least on paper, 
as the AFC looks with all of the quarterback and player movement that we've had over the last couple of months. And I do like, I think really the main one that people are going to bring up is, is obviously number 70 you talked about, a rookie quarterback drafting the third round. Russell Wilson, who was coming off of that Rose Bowl season at Wisconsin after previously spending time at NC State. And then you have Matt Corral, who coming off of a major bowl game in himself, in his own right. Now he was injured in that bowl game and was not able to participate later on in the game. At the Sugar Bowl, he, he's someone who I think they brought in thinking, hey, let's just develop this guy. And Russell went out there and just beat out Matt Flint. And Sam Darnold, maybe that Matt Flynn type. So I think that's the one that you, that's really the similarity that most people look at. I don't want to get, get ahead of ourselves and compare Bandon Smith to uh, Bobby Wagner, who'll be a Hall of Famer. Chin certainly has played at a high level the first two years. So I do like the Earl Thomas comp. And yeah, Richard Sherman. And J.C. Horn, if Horn can turn out to be a Richard Sherman type, say whatever you want about his personality and the guy, man, but he was a hell of a player, and he might be up in Canton one day. And if Pete Carroll at least had NFL experience in winning he was at college, he won national championships at USC. Matt Rule never won a championship at Temple or at Baylor, but did a hell of a job when you look at the context of where those programs were at and historically have been, and for him to have that, that kind of success. So it's very possible that the Panthers could make the playoffs. And maybe win a playoff game. I don't think the division is going to be bad enough for them to be the home playoff team. So it's going to be difficult to go on the road and get a win. So maybe maybe it's possible. I, I like where your head's at there, Mitch, in comparing this Panthers team to the 2012 Seahawks team. I think a lot of us would obviously hope for that to happen. As the Seahawks were our, kind of our adversary there for a little bit before the Panthers broke out for that 2015 season going 15-1. I uh, got Kyle now. Uh, hey, Julian, how, how's your week been? It's been okay. Hope yours has been better. Um for the Friday mailbag this week, what is the ceiling for the Panthers, in your opinion, with Darnold at the helm? Uh, eight and nine, I think, is the ceiling. And that was my thought last year for the team. And I had talked about how I didn't really have a ton of faith in the offensive line and Sam Darnold. But yet I was gonna be like, hey, eight and nine. I think this team will be improved. They went five and 11 the year prior. And now I would think that they should be a little bit better just with the natural progression. I do think that they progress in certain avenues, like with finding a kicker. And on defense, the way that they played. So with that, there's been progression. But other spots and overall win-loss record, we didn't see it last year. I think this year, now with the offensive line, that projects to be far better than the one they had last year. If they can stay healthy, if McCaffrey can stay healthy, defense can play closer to how they played in the first half of the season because they really kind of fall to the second half of the season, can be able to stop the run. And with special teams, now with Chris Tabor as a special teams coordinator, with a former all-pro punter, Johnny Hecker, Andre Roberts returning kicks, and then Zane Gonzalez back. Like, overall, this looks like a much better roster than last season. So I just think with Sam Darnold, his limitations, if he can get his feet together, Ben McAdoo can work with him, I still feel like 8-9. Is this team ceiling with Darnold? And that might be good enough to get them to the playoffs this upcoming season. I just don't think long-term is going to show enough this year to where it's going to be like, all right, hey, we can go maybe get to the playoffs, win a Super Bowl with him. Because that's what they're really looking for, a quarterback who can elevate them to that point. I know Scott Fitter says you don't have to have a great quarterback to be able to do that. Just look around the league, man. You kind of do. So we'll see how that plays out uh, further down the road. Um, let's move on to Ken. Uh, let's see. I think he has a question about Nick Foles saying, hey, Julian, had you heard if the Panthers have ever had any interest in Nick Foles? Just seems like a slightly better option as he was a free agent and will require not, no assets in a trade. Downside would be that the other team would not pay part of the salary. Just a thought. Um, well, the salary 
So from what Jonathan Alexander was telling us yesterday is that the Panthers don't want to pay more than $5 million uh, for any quarterback that they bring in. So they could have given Nick Foles that. I don't, I don't really – what was his contract that the Colts gave him because it wasn't a ton of money. Um, he's going to be the backup to Matt Ryan, and it's good that if Matt Ryan goes down that they have a backup option that is capable and has worked with Frank Reich before. Um, I mean, it's a two-year deal, and I'm not getting the contract terms by doing a quick tweet, which is annoying. So I don't know what the deal is, but the Panthers could have got him cheap, I'm sure. Uh, it makes a lot of sense that he would go to Indianapolis team, going to be a playoff team likely. He, he's backing up. He's actually number two opposed to the number three like he was last year in Chicago, and he's working with Frank Reich. So I don't, I've never seen any reporting that they ever had any interest. And that's something maybe we should ask Jonathan yesterday, that they had any interest in uh, Nick Foles. All right, we'll take a quick pause here on the show, then uh, we'll be right back to answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 back a couple months ago when it just was at my doorstep, and I was like, what is this? And then talk to the folks over at Locked On, like, hey, we sent you something that's going to be good for your gut health, going to give you more energy and optimize your immune system. And I was like, hey, maybe I will take that because if it's good for me, why would I not? So what's in this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. It does not matter what your diet is. If you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, or just have a normal carnivore diet, you're just fine to take AG1. And the thing about it too is you might look at the cost, get some sticker shock. Don't look at it like that. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your coffee habit. So go out there and get some AG1 and you wonder who takes this. Well, it's recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts across the world. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership of over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's get back into it with Aiden. Now, he asked me, do you think Icky is an all-pro player by year two or a pro bowler? I think he got pro bowl potential at left tackle off the rip and all-pro not too far later. Okay, so let's go back to what last year was Rashawn Slater, who was available. The Panthers could have taken him if they valued him as a tackle. From all the things that we've heard, they looked at him more as a guard and Mel Kuyper Jr., who also looked at Icky Iquanu as his number one guard a couple months ago. Uh had the same kind of thought of Rashawn Slater. And we saw what happened with Slater going to be the blind side to Justin Herbert out there in LA with the Chargers, then was a pro bowler as a rookie. Could that be Iki Aquano this upcoming season? Why not? It's possible. If he's going to be the tone setter 
and the mauler that he's been at back at NC State, and if he can step up and, and be able to, to take on guys like Miles Garrett from the jump, which he's going to have to, and can stay healthy, be a big part of this offense line of renaissance and the resurgence of this offense as a whole, then yeah, he could be a pro bowler. Now, I don't know. I don't want to go all pro just yet because that's it's tough to be all pro. Taylor Moten's been Taylor Moten's never even been a pro bowler. Well, I'll, even, I'll put that out there. Taylor Moten's been a stalwart, steady player there for the last four seasons at right tackle. And he's yet to be a pro bowler, which is crazy. He's getting paid a ton of money. He's never been a pro bowler. So maybe Aki Aquano can be that. I'm just going to put out, it's, it's not as simple. Like DJ Moore has done things that only Stephon Diggs has done the last three seasons in the National Football League, has not been a pro bowler. Now, at wide receiver, a little bit tougher, but just recognize that it's not quite as simple as like, oh, hey, you play well, you're going to be a pro bowler because you can play really well like Moten. And then they're like, oh, actually, well, let's take this guy instead. So I hope, I think Icky can be a really good player for this team. And it doesn't really matter whether he's an all-pro or pro bowler. If he's keeping the quarterback upright, if he's helping lead that push on the left side when they run the ball that way, that's all that matters. Taylor Moten, do we need him to be a pro bowler? No, not really. We just need him to stay healthy and do exactly what he's been doing the last couple of seasons because he has been fantastic for this Carolina Panthers team. All right, going over now to Colton. Uh, Colton here. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well as well, Colton. Um, he says, I think Carolina has less holes than people realize, but fortunately, the few holes we have are arguably the most important positions on each side of the ball. Quarterback, edge to go with Burns, and middle linebacker. You've had a million quarterback questions, but what defensive guys could potentially fill some of those spots for us? Okay, so with edge, I think we've we've talked about this. Um, right now, it looks like Frankie Louvu is the guy who's going to start out there um, at the opposite, at the outside linebacker spot opposite of Brian Burns when it comes to uh, rushing the passer. You got Marquise Haynes and Mari Barno, who they just drafted at Virginia Tech. They will get opportunities. I mean, there's even been talked that uh, maybe Brandon Smith could be out there as well. And we'll see if maybe they're able to get some guys on the cut down. Now, as far as linebacker goes, Damian Wilson, will see how things work out with his legal issues, but he would be a middle linebacker. Um, Corey Littleton, who could also be one of those edge guys for the Panthers this upcoming season. He'll get an opportunity to be there. Was good with the Rams. Lost a starting job in Vegas after signing a deal there. Wasn't great with the Raiders. So he's someone who could step up into that position. But there's really not a ton of depth. And I'm not overall concerned. Like if Wilson stays healthy and Littleton stays healthy, and of course Shaq does, then they're fine at middle linebacker. It's just they don't have a ton of depth if any of those guys goes down, in particular Shaq Thompson. And at edge... I mean, gross mottos will kind of help supplement it as well. You can look at maybe a guy like Davion Nixon and from the interior and Matt Ioannidis from the interior. Cause it's okay. It's like you have all you got 11 sacks from Hassan Reddick. You're probably not going to get all that from maybe that one position group, but can other guys on the roster like gross mottos, if he's healthy and plays more games this year as a starter, can he get to that sack total? Maybe not even get to that sack total, but can he help supplement that sack total from his position? Can Ioannidis do that? Can Nixon, if he gets opportunity, can he do that? Can maybe even Derek Brown, could he do that? It's trying to find more sacks across the board outside of just, hey, let's get all, find all the sacks and try to replace them all from this one position. But it is very important, obviously, just in giving Brian Burns, you know, an opportunity to not have so much attention drawn to his side week in and week out. Colton also says that he's a Michigan fan, and uh, Aiden Hutchinson 100% deserved to go to New York City for the Heisman. Um, he ate future quarterback uh, for the Carolina Panthers, C.J. Stroud's lunch that day at the big house, and that was his Heisman ho- moment. He had three sacks as Michigan won in the snow uh, that afternoon, which was awesome. And uh, I had brought up that I thought Will Anderson at Alabama should have been there because he had a way better season than Hutchinson, but I understand why Hutchinson was there. And uh, I don't necessarily think he should have been there, just he wasn't the best – 
player in college football. He wasn't even the best defensive player in college football. But uh, Colton wishes me a happy and safe Memorial Day weekend. And I wish you the same as well, Colton. Um, all right, let's uh, do another quick pause here on Locked on Panthers. And then I'll answer the rest of your questions here on this weekly Friday mailbag. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's wrap up some things here on the show by answering a couple more of your questions here on the weekly Friday mailbag on this Memorial Day weekend. Let's go to more. Uh, he was a YouTube guy. Uh, again, guys, just put your real name on YouTube so I can get that. It was like, I don't know what it, it was like, more productions, but more. That's what I'm just going to call you for today. Um, if the Panthers trade for Baker, should they cut Darnold, trade Darnold, or cut Walker? We talked to Jonathan Alexander, uh, who works for the Charlotte Observer yesterday, and he talked about if they had another quarterback that PJ Walker would be the guy on the outs. They'd like to, of course, bring him back to the practice squad, but considering that he's been able to start the last couple seasons in a backup role, that there's teams out there that would likely give him an opportunity. And it'd be unlikely that he would get to come back to Carolina if they do cut him. That is, if they bring in a third quarterback. So it would be Darnold, that quarterback, and then, of course, the third-round pick at Ole Miss, Matt Corral. Now, as far as should they cut Darnold, well, no, that doesn't save them any money at all. They're on the hook for the $18.858 million that we talked about. Should they trade Darnold, what sucker out there wants him, or cut Walker? Like it, it's the only option that's even feasible is cutting PJ Walker. Like I just don't, they can't cut Sam. They probably can't trade Sam unless they bring on a ton of his contract. And there's already talk that they don't want to even pay that much for the next quarterback they bring in. So don't see how they're going to be able to trade Sam Darnold. So it's going to be cut PJ Walker of the ones that you brought up there. Should they trade for Baker Mayfield? Like, I don't think Cleveland who already has Deshaun and then, if they have Jacoby Brissett, who would start if Deshaun has any sort of suspension, and now Josh Dobbs be the backup to Jacoby. I don't think they're looking to bring in Sam Darnold in that situation. Like I, I just don't think that they, that's what they want at all. I don't know what team out there in National Football League will be interested in Sam Darnold based off what he's done the last four years. So far, it hasn't really looked like that anyone has interest unless the Panthers are giving up assets and, of course, taking on the ma- vast majority of the money, similar to what they did last year when they sent P.J. Walker – or, sorry, um, Teddy Bridgewater up to Denver. All right, Zach – uh, he says, based off of the draft and how you evaluate teams, how do you think the Panthers stack up in the NFC South? Uh, right now for me, uh, the clear favorite is Tampa. Once Tom Brady came back, because when Brady was gone, you could who, it was anyone's guess, because that would have meant some guys might not have come back. But the fact that they, they kept Jensen, they were able to get a deal done. Um, it was a Carlton Davis who they got a deal done with. Uh, and then they, they add they, what, Russell Gage now on the, on the Bucks. You got Lenny for you got Leonard Fournette back. Gronk will eventually be back. Uh, Godwin's got the knee, but he'll, he'll be back eventually. And you still have Mike Evans, like, the, and then you have Byron left, which he's got full control of the offense. Todd Bowles now getting elevated. That defense still should be stout. Maybe Sue signs like Tampa Bay to me seems like the clear favorite to win the NFC South. The worst team, without a doubt, is the Falcons. Ridley's gone. Uh, Arthur Smith's second year. Marcus Mariota's never been healthy in his career. He's been in a 
I like Darnold. He was been in a ton of different schemes, had a lot of fired coaches and just never had any sort of consistency, but just still is a quiet guy. Doesn't have that outward leadership kind of led by example. It works out in college at Oregon when you're the Heisman Trophy winner, but the NFL, it just, it hasn't worked out for Marcus. And I love Marcus. He went up to the playoffs in Kansas city one year and basically dragged the Titans across the finish line, literally threw a touchdown pass to himself. Like I've always thought he was a lot better than what he's shown. It's just, the guy got broken and maybe Sam Darnold, same case, got he, they got broken, but Mario just had way more injuries and even more turnover at, at coaching positions. So I don't know what to expect out of Marcus Mariota. I, I don't have a ton of ex- expectations. I would love for him to play well next year, even if it is for the Falcons, because I've always liked that guy. But and then Ritter, if he starts, I just, mm, I, I think Atlanta by far is the worst team. Then it comes down to, I think really where we were at last year, is it New Orleans going into the season? Is it New Orleans or, or Carolina? I still look at the Saints and think that overall they have a better roster. Offensive line still strong. If Jameis is healthy last year, I think they go to the playoffs. Kamara, he's still good. Wide receiver position's only gotten better. That's been one of the main problems that they've had. Like they have Michael Thomas, who hasn't been healthy the last two seasons. He comes back, he's healthy, and can play at the level he's usually played at in his career. Now you add in Jarvis Landry, who's been in the Pro Bowl, what, four times? And Chris Olave out of Ohio State. I, I like what the Saints have there offensively and defensively. I mean, secondary is stacked like that. That's a, they're good. They're a good team. I still think that the Saints would be ahead of Carolina right now, roster wise. So I would have the Panthers third. So Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons, and certainly the Panthers could find a way uh, to elevate themselves past the Saints this upcoming season. I think. All right, final question here from Matthew. Uh, if the NFL added, and this is an interesting one, if the NFL added an expansion team and they got to choose one player from every existing team. And every existing team only got to choose three players to tag unavailable. So basically to uh, to make exempt and hide. Uh, which three players do the Panthers choose to hide from this to hide from the expansion draft? Oh, interesting. Um, I would say that they would definitely be Brian Burns. Mm, this is tough. Brian Burns. Damn, that's a. I like this question. Yeah, Brian Burns because he's an edge rusher. You can't let you can't let an edge go. Um, I would say Ike Kwanu. You just drafted him sixth overall. Can't let him go. And he's a left tackle, so you you got to have those two positions. And the other one would usually be quarterback. I don't think that they would though sit there and choose a protect back corral third round guy. I don't know if the expansion team is out here trying to get a third round pick um, at quarterback. Um, the next one I would say either DJ Moore or Jeremy Chen. I would say I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna choose Jeremy Chen. So I'd say Burns, Chen, Aquano. At least that's what I would choose. That's oh, that's a tough question. I, 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 that's a tough one. So and I'm, and I'm sure they'd have exemptions. Like I know like hockey was doing like depending on how long you've been in the league, you didn't get an exemption. So I think guys like Chin would be exempt. Obviously, Aquino would be exempt. Um, even Burns might be exempt. So then you get to the point where it's like, all right, DJ Moore, you save him. Um, then you probably maybe say McCaffrey. I don't know. But if it's if what you brought up, those might my, my three would be Burns, Aquino, Chin. So great question, Matthew. I like that. Guys, ask more questions like that. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Just to uh, let you know, 
I'm headed out this Memorial Day weekend, so going to be out of town. I'm recording this on Thursday morning because I'm leaving here in like a couple of minutes. And so the next episode I have for you will be on Tuesday as I'll get back Monday out for a wedding. It's literally all weekend, so we'll not be available. We'll be out, and it's Memorial Day weekend. So I gave you a bunch of podcasts from this week, so make sure to go listen to those, enjoy those, and then I'll get you podcasts starting next week. And I do think that soon we'll probably be going to three podcast a week schedule which honestly will be uh, a relief i i know a lot of y'all are tired of the quarterback talk and i'm tired of it as well but damn, there's not a lot going on it's may and that's the thing it's weekly it's a five-day thing it's kind of tough to do this time of the year so going to three would be a welcome thing especially for me and we'll be better for you guys to listen not to so much quarterback stuff so i'll try and do better um but in the meantime again make sure to watch the show subscribe to the show over on youtube and check us out on all the podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, and much more. Just make sure to rate, review, and subscribe there. And follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, like next Friday and today, that's your weekly Friday mailbag question. So either at me, DM me, or leave a comment on any of the shows next week before Friday. So stay safe, be happy, Memorial Day weekend, all that, and keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Tuesday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.